and welcome. My name is Sabrina. Some of you guys know me as Rebel. I'm here on the Shufflins blog and I'm interviewing Toronto's very own Taurus. So before we get right into it, why don't you explain a little bit more about yourself so people know who yeah, you are? For sure. Uh, what's up everybody? I'm Taurus. I'm a DJ and music producer for Toronto. I've been doing so for the past six years. DJing for six years in the last three or four years, I, I truly got into music production. Now, during uh, 2020 more than ever, uh, just been 100% all of my eggs are in music production in the current moment. And uh, also in the last five years, I, I've opened up my, uh, my very own uh, DJ business, entertainment business. We, we do weddings, corporate events, and we've been killing it ever since. 100, 100 events a year until COVID. Wow. 100 events a year. We hit that every single year. But yeah, you know, we, we are in the downtimes. Almost every business has taken a big hit. But, uh, you know, 2021 looks really good. A lot of weddings are, have rescheduled for, for the next year as well. And uh, again, yeah, this year more than ever, there's been personally so much more invested into it. And uh, the outcome and the results are, are truly like rewarding. I'm connecting with people like globally now, uh, obviously through social media, because that's all you can really do. But from where I was before March happened, to where I am now, it's exponential growth in regards to, to music and, and house music specifically. So yeah, that's a good uh, sum up of me. Oh, and also, uh, this actually happened like February 2020, and then again, you know, March happened, but uh, I finally opened up. I wanted to do this for so many years. Actually, it's right here. I, I, felt I opened up my very own uh, merchandise store, uh, TaurusApparel.ca. Good to know that people are still listening to house music. I oh. think this year... People are listening to it more than ever. More than to get ever, through ever. It, yeah, like it's like if you are in the house music scene or EDM scene in general, um, this is you know what a time to be alive. There's other genres that have actually taken a hit, a decline, because it's really hard to appeal to people without naming a specific genre. But it's hard to appeal to people to you know pop bottles and throw money. Uh, when mm -hmm. there's no clubs to go to. Right? That's so true. And instead, you know, like DJs are, are truly taking over or using this time to their advantage. We see uh, so many different people have gone famous just off of like uh, Instagram live, mm -hmm. just off of that TikTok live. Even YouTube, YouTube live. live, yeah, <clears throat> I've seen that a lot. EDC Las Vegas did the entire thing live, live and it was, I remember I logged in, there was 100,000 connected live. Everyone was putting it on their big screens, and, you know, and uh, uh, even having their own like personal like, you know, 20 people parties. It was really cool to see how the house music world adapted to the times. Yeah. And, uh, you know. And how we were still able to connect. Yeah. Despite, you know, not being able to physically yeah, be at yeah, festivals. Yeah. We Everybody were able to connected. Be. Yeah. Know? And even more so almost because people who even didn't have tickets to go right. to EDC right, right. were like, okay, well now I get to see EDC even mm -hmm. though I didn't you know, many, initially plan to go. How many Zoom parties were you a part of? <laughs> a lot. During festival season. <laughs> a lot of shufflers right? too, just going off. So yeah. it was very interesting. And, and how many were in so many different cities? Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Connected like globally. Mm -hmm. I would say not even just North America. Yeah. Right? It was it was crazy to see how much more we were able to connect. Actually, I was I was invited from uh, Sterling Torres actually. She she invited me to come to her Zoom party. I'm like, what is this? I didn't even know what it was yet. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have Zoom. And then I connected and it was EDC Las Vegas and then we had people from like California, Nevada, Toronto, uh, New York and it was just we were typing in the chat some people were dancing some people were you know doing their thing and drinking and, and just chilling watching TV just listening to the music and it was just like 
it's like, it was kind of scary a little bit. It's like, is this it? Is this the new normal? Right. right. Which is still, that question is still up in the air. Um, because, you know, everyone is still optimistic, you know, to get back out there. Um, it's just, what is that going to look like when we finally do, of course, right? For so, sure. Uh, but yeah, overall, 2020 has, has truly, like, shown, like, you know, which area of music is sustainable, right? And marketable and, and all that stuff. And I truly think, like, house music or EDM in general has uh, sustained throughout this whole time. And a lot of the other genres have, have struggled. Like mm -hmm. truly, truly struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, the content, the quality of it, the delivery of it, you know, how to get it in front of people's faces has been a, a true battle for them. And it's almost like, like house music is just, it's much easier. But yeah, I think uh, I think the people get it. I think I think we, even we get it, right? Yeah, the people have spoken. Yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. So. Um, so to get more into you and your background, uh, how long have you been DJing and what made you start DJing? Right. As I said, I've been DJing for six years. I wanted to DJ 12 years ago. What actually made me uh, get into this or even want to do this was actually um, everyone within the, the GTA has heard about it. It's called Wayback Wednesdays. It was playing every single week for, geez, what, 12, 15? Are we talking Z103? We're talking Z103. Oh, yeah, right? I know that one. Yeah, everyone knows that one. Uh, everyone is tuned in at some point. For me, it was literally my religion, okay? Eurodance was what they all, what they played every single week, uh, the same classics all the time. And I tuned in for about uh, 12 years, like, straight. I even counted. I tuned in so much that I, I could even count how many times I missed it. In, in the 12 years, I missed it about uh maybe a total of 20 or 25 times literally wow. like i literally wrote it down when wow and uh, anyway i loved this so much that i locked myself in my room between 10 o'clock and 1 a.m every single wednesday and i turned up the volume like loud to the point where my my family was getting annoyed and all stuff <laughs> and i said i don't i don't care i really don't <laughs> care i did differently like sometimes i just did like push-ups or, or like working out just listening to it sometimes i would literally just dance in my room Literally, right? Or sometimes I just lie down on my bed and guess what what the next track DJ Danny D would pick or uh, DJ Delirious. And then I would just uh, listen to like sometimes the way like Iceman or Tony Monica were like portray their voices and just the type of MC they were. And this whole atmosphere um, was something I definitely want to be a part of. Listening to the DJs, the transitions and all that stuff, it was such a, a high level of intensity. All you needed was a radio signal to, to literally want to be a part of it. I was actually underage, so I couldn't even go to the club, but that alone like built up my desire to get into this. As soon as I decided I wanted to become a DJ, at 16, I, I told my parents, hey, I want to become a DJ. I found some DJ classes. And I asked them, you know, I showed them everything. You know, you have to present it nice if you want to, yeah. get, a, if you want to get a yes <laughs> for your parents, right? Yes, So I presented I it nice. I even found a way to get there, all that stuff. I just need some money to like, they said no. They wow. said no, yeah, they said no. Simply because of uh, the fear of the industry, right? It's not always like, it's not, a, it's not an industry that most parents want anyone, any of their kids yeah. to get into for, for obvious reasons, right? That adversity was necessary. Yeah. And I think it's necessary for anyone who has some sort of dream or desire or want. It's almost like if you want this, this is, when you get that rejection, that's your test to see if you really do want it. So what happened was I was rejected. Parents said no. They didn't even want to buy me turntables. They were, because I was still in high school, I could still, you know, I still had uh, a chance to get a college degree or university degree and all that stuff. Oh, okay, and, okay. Um, uh, although like I was still gonna pursue that they, to them they were just scared yeah so what I did was uh, I got a second job right like a second part-time job 
at uh, um, a banquet hall. Why? Because um, you're around DJs. Mm-hmm. And this is where you know I started to learn the wedding DJ business just by watching. I told myself I was gonna work and work and work until I could buy my own turntables. Obviously at the time, geez, at that time we were at $8 an hour. Right? Wow, now we're at minimum 20, wage. Yeah, now we're at four, 13, 14. 14, I think, up, right? yeah. I saved all up until I bought my first turntables and I just stuck them in my basement and I had to like wait to like properly play loud so that when nobody's home and stuff like that. So I practiced in my basement for about four years. Wow. Not because I was good or bad, it was just, it's, it has nothing to do with that. I mean, for any DJ that, or wannabe DJ out there, or we call them uh, bedroom DJs, right? If you're a bedroom DJ um, or a basement DJ in this matter, honestly, it has nothing to do with your skill. It has everything to do with your mindset. And it's, it's about when you're ready and when you're just confident enough to do so. So for four years, I, I literally just practiced in my basement. You never know when you're ready. Like, what does ready mean, mm-hmm. right? But will you ever truly be ready to <clears throat> you know, play in front of a crowd? Until you get there. Like, you have to go and just find a gig, any gig. So what I did was I, I was working at a coffee shop. I was the manager of this coffee shop in the town I live in, Bolton. This was actually a record store slash coffee shop. I was running the coffee shop area and every week they would have um, musicians, but it wasn't DJs, it wasn't house music, it wasn't Euro, it wasn't anything that I loved. It was, you know, old classic country. Chill stuff. Yeah, older people, like 60 year olds were coming in with their instruments. It was a beautiful scene and and Mm -hmm. stuff. But Halloween kicked in. I said, hey, like, I'll do it for free and everything, but like, can I like DJ for an hour? Like, yeah, absolutely you could, right? You can use our platform to do so. So I made the poster and everything and uh, I posted it up around Bolton and everything. I thought I was so excited. I thought this is easy. Just gonna make some posters, put it around, people are gonna come. (laughs) Build it and they will come, they say, right? And then uh, I set up my DJ. I even put on my mask and all that stuff. Uh, I had my playlist set out. I was so like heart beating. Nobody came. <laughs> Nobody came. Nobody came. My parents came. Yeah, my parents came and uh, my cousin came actually. But uh, that's about it. Wow. Yeah. Which honestly, I, I swear, like, I'm, you know, don't get me wrong, but I, if you're out there and you, you want to get started, you need this story. Like, I yeah. think everybody needs this story. There's a famous meme in the DJ world that, that everyone. It's like you can't have this and the higher picture is crowds, like thousands of people. You cannot have this unless you've had this, yep. which is a bar or some crickets. sort of area. Yeah, crickets, yeah. right? <laughs> and you got to know how to make crickets dance before you can make crowds dance. And yeah. it's, it's really, very, it's very, very true. I only had two, sh- I've now had 500 plus shows in my five, six year DJ career. And like we're talking multiple different uh, varieties of events, but uh, only two of them had zero people. Wow. Only two. And, uh, but yeah, those two was enough. How would you describe your signature sound and who and what are your music influences? Okay, Uh, so I'm gonna start with this. Uh, So Gorgon City. Gorgon City has been, my heroes for, for house music uh, specifically, and uh, my most loved uh, artists of all time for me personally. Um, I was following them before, way before they got famous. I was following them when- uh, And they were still underground. Just basically. before they released uh, Ready For Your Love. You know that one? Oh yeah, yeah, Ready I loved that one. Love. That was one of my bum, first bum. like popular shuffle yeah. videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? <laughs> Everyone danced in that one too, right? M-N-E-K was on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember a, that. He's a really popular uh, vocalist, but, uh, 
Yeah, so I loved them so much that uh, they actually, every single time they came to Toronto, I went. I went by myself. I went by myself. Wow. Um, I asked you didn't find anyone to go with you? I ended up finding one person, okay. and that person did not end up liking it at all. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, I, I bought them. I just I bought their ticket just because I wanted somebody to go with. I asked yeah. every single time. I asked people to come with me and share the experience and stuff like that. And just because they didn't hear, they didn't know them. You know, they, they missed out on a lot. There's two guys, and they 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 are DJs, but they their presentation is like house music. If house music was a band. Wow. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like almost like a disclosure. You know, disclosure, yes, right? I love the disclosure. way they present their stuff. Yeah. Morgan City does the same thing. They do it with two vocalists, right? One is uh, Lulu James, and nobody really knows her, but she's live. She is, she's amazing. And uh, Josh Berry, actually, Josh Berry and Lulu James is two people that they uh, they always use, inspiration-wise, to write music. Is Gorgon City not just because of the quality of their vocals? It is the quality of their lyrics. If you look into the lyrics, it truly is very like uplifting, mm -hmm. uh, spiritual, and talks to me because you know the, the, we all we all view the world in different ways. And uh, listening to the lyrics that Gorgon City releases, it's like these guys uh, see things from a lot of mm -hmm. lenses, a lot of lenses that I see. From, from. I've noticed that as well. They they kind of choose different perspectives on purpose to yes. like make you see a yeah. different side of something yeah and they're like in a beautiful pleasant way they are anti-system you know mm -hmm. anti-robotic anti you, you know what i'm talking they're about. almost like trying to wake you up with yeah. their music kind of like the matrix except not dark yeah right like light yeah you know? uplifting um, for sure yeah and and that's what uh truly like got me listening and that was my inspiration now the decisions i make when i when i work with a brand new track one of it being uh what i like to call preach house and basically what that is is i like to look for a really really good preach or or speech in that manner um, that I can work with that truly defines what I'm trying to portray to this world. Like everyone has a message in this world that I like to, to strictly keep it positive and not just positive, like vaguely. I like to narrow it down to what's truly important in, in this world and society and that kind of stuff. Something and, inspirational. Yeah, right? inspirational and that. And I really try and keep it one type of message throughout all of my tracks. It does verify, uh, uh, it does, I do provide a variety of different styles, but overall, Preach House, and uh, something, like a good example of that is, uh, you remember the song, um, in the beginning, there was Jack, yes. and Jack had a rule, right? That yeah, one. everyone know, who knows right. House knows that one, it's a good so one. So, if you really think about it, that is the true, true beginning of House music, not the true very beginning, like that's when House music sh uh, truly started to develop. In the late 80s and uh, that song it, it gave it a really good push and if you really just think about it it's one giant long preach and uh, that is the kind of stuff I truly like to work with I go uh, what I like to call acapella hunting so I just get on the internet sometimes every time I'm bored and I just try and find some acapellas that have been forgotten of or a really old sample or just something that no one would use in a song and I find these really really good juicy samples to work with and uh, I try and uh, save them up and put them into a track that I'll either work on you know in the future or, or very soon right so there's that and then the other side of, uh, of a style I like to uh, work with is um, basically any like euphoric uh, vocal or some sort of like high high energy pitched mm -hmm. gospel soul type of scream 
if you may. They're the most fun to work with. I think they're very uh, potent. Like when to the listener, they're very, very, very potent. A good song as an example, uh, well, actually two, one of them is my own, Joy. Uh, if, you, if you look up Joy, type in Taurus Joy, you'll have a really good example of exactly what I'm talking about. There's just this random high-pitched screaming vocal that like digs into the bottom of your soul mm -hmm. and it really I don't know for me the first time I heard it like like when Gives I put you a it feeling yeah when I put it together I got like whoa like goosebumps? I did this yeah, yeah goosebumps shivers it's like I, I can't think, imagine right so such a good feeling probably yeah out of every track that has reached the most countries this one has reached the most and then um one of my personal favorites is from a guy named uh, Patrick Topping oh okay uh, right a lot I of saw him at BPM recently yeah he's, he's really dope uh, Patrick Topping, Be Sharp, Say Not, and Not is N-A-W-T. That track, actually, Joy and Be Sharp, Say Not are actually the same vocalist. Really? Uh, Lashun Pace. She actually comes from uh, what they call the Pace Sisters. And these sisters are just gospel singers. Uh, they were very, very big in the in the '80s, and uh, not a lot. Of, obviously, no, nobody really knows this, but a lot of uh, music producers do because they use these samples a lot. And because they're just they're they're just raw, beautiful, and and like there's so much you can do with them. But uh, yeah, so this is the two styles I like: preach house and I guess like screaming house. More, yeah. I don't know. Uh, even when I DJ at the shuffle meetups or anywhere. Some people come back to me like, hey, I really like your style. And I always ask them back, like, what, what is my style? Mm -hmm. I know what it is, but I want to see if the message got across and it does. Everyone says, I, I know what you do. You like to use like high pitched vocals a lot. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I do. Right. That's definitely so, a thing with pretty much all your music. Yeah. 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 I like to use a lot of uh, defected and tool room records. Um, I think they like they're on top of the world in house music. And if you notice their biggest yes. tracks are soulful like that real good like you know soul singing yeah they speak to the soul yeah right and the and piano like beautiful like house house right so i like to use that kind of style when i mix and dj and uh yeah i'm, I'm really happy when it gets when that that message gets like transferred out to the people that i'm, I'm playing for so that's overall like the, the substance i'm trying to make when i make a track and i'm only getting better and better and better with it and uh yeah. What is your mission as a DJ trying to make it in Toronto as well as globally? So, um, I see an opportunity in Toronto, simply in the house music scene, um, simply for this reason. House music, and if you've been in the scene, house music has declined. It has become absent almost in uh, the Toronto scene. Yeah. People, I'm not talking about the underground clubs. Guaranteed house music is underground after 3, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., right? That's not that. That's not the surface, right? Yeah. At least in Toronto, you can go go to a club and listen to house music at 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Right? That disappeared. They got rid of the Hoxton, right? Mm -hmm. Everlay used to be house music. Yeah. But not anymore. I do. I remember that. Half of even Street. Gov. I mean, they right. had a lot of house there right? too as that's well. That's right. Right. Gov got shut down for yeah. condos. A lot of those places got shut down for condos. Um, and you know, King Street is the main uh, place for for club the club scene. Half of it used to at least be dance music, house music, whatever. Yeah, gone. That's so true. All of it's gone, right? And Even there was one EFS. I noticed they had a lot of um, house stuff. Yep, gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, wow. just to put the, the cherry on top. You know, uh, this pandemic really put the end to it, right? Yeah. Uh, to for any point, surviving clubs. Yeah, and. Just, if you really just think about it, we have one place. House music has one place in Toronto. 
and uh, that's Cabana Pool Bar only in the summer. Yeah. Only on Sundays. Wow. Right? Other than that, there is no what I like to call home for house music. There's a lot of homes for hip hop. A lot of there's even a home for country. There's yeah. A home for multiple. There's, there's a, a home, few homes for country. Yeah. There's a home in Toronto. There's a home for country. There's a home for for Latin music. Yeah. You know, bachata, salsa, beautiful stuff, right? There's no home for house music unless it is underground at 2 a.m. and I don't care who you are. Half of the scene does not want to go there at that time, it's true. and they don't want to go there with with you know that kind of crowd. It's you know it's, it's a different scene, different vibe. Yeah, you know, like you know, let's be let's be real. Like a lot of people who listen to house don't want to be involved in, in drugs or around it, and it's it's a dangerous anything. Bad stuff happens after two a.m. Right? Yeah. I'm not saying it does in the underground club. It's just overall. So there's no home to in Toronto. I see that as an opportunity. If you think about it, just give this a thought for a second. Other than Dead Mills, and that's not house music. Okay? Yeah, no. Other I would than say Dead it's Mills, his own genre, really. Exactly, right? And we can call it that. But other than basically after Dead Mills, which DJ in Toronto is global? Which DJ in Toronto made it out of Toronto? Wow. Nobody. That's crazy. Nobody. Man's own strong's pretty strong. Like they're, they're yeah. pretty, but they're just like they don't ever leave Toronto. I think they do a couple of gigs oh, in Montreal. Um, what's his name at BPM? I saw was uh, Carlo Leo. Carlo Leo. That's Carlo right. Leo's you know a good one. That's right. And he that's was right. playing in Ibiza too. That's so right. Sorry, sorry. I totally. I'm no sure offense, there's a couple. Carlo, no offense, Carlo. <laughs> I'm right. sure there's a couple we're not thinking of, but yeah, I yeah, know yeah. what you're saying. Like there's not a heavy amount of influencing artists that come exactly, out of Toronto. Exactly. Where it's it's so. it's like screened at. So it's like um like okay, Carlo Leo's out there, right? But a lot of people know Carlo Leo and how many people don't even know he's from Canada? You know that's what I'm trying that's what I'm trying to say, right? There's that that marketing so it's like Everyone knows if you go if you go to a different country, you say I'm from Toronto. Everybody's like, oh Drake. Yeah. See, you see what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So there is nobody like that in regards to to house your EDM scene at all. So I I see an opportunity there, and uh, I'm I'm trying to get to that scale, and I'm sure a lot of other people who've noticed in this city, uh, there's an opportunity for them too, right? So that's the mission for Toronto. The mission globally is something actually sort of very separate. I've kind of noticed since I was a kid, and uh, it's been almost like a debate, an argument with a lot of people around me. Um, to me, in the music industry as a whole, not house music, just the pop music, the hip hop music, and, and music in general, there's something wrong. To me, there's something wrong in the industry. I think as I say that the many listeners who are listening now, uh, who have made it this far in this podcast, I feel like they get what I'm saying. I feel like no one can really nail it on the coffin to what it is, but there's something wrong. Uh, what I see is a decline in quality over the years. In the last two decades, there've been there's been this decline. The top ten of the Billboard. Go take a look. Mm-hmm. It's like the generally, what's the message here, right? I'm not gonna get into details. Would you say that's a a, a product of too many artists becoming mainstream? Yes, but it's about because the competition is so high that everyone needs to like sell, sell, like they have to sell, 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 do whatever the hell it takes. Like so, sell out almost? Sell out is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Uh, I don't want to say sell, sell your soul because then people are going to start to say, oh, conspiracy theory. No, I'm not talking like that. I'm saying in general, there is some sort of decline in morals for money, for sales, for exposure, for fame. And that's the trade we see. And that's what we see at the top, right? The style of business or music business 
has been obviously always there, but it's done so bad that uh, it, we need to retract a little bit. I've had this battle of, of music my whole life, and uh, to sum it all up, I truly think there is a there's this bad taste in the air in the music industry, and it's been a massive decline in the last two decades. And the common denominator of a rebuttal with the people I, I talk to in my immediate circle and outer circle is, well, why don't you do something about it, right? Which is why I became a DJ. Because if I'm talking to you on this level, right, then, you know, I have no control in what gets played. But if I'm a DJ, you can only suggest to me what to play. I'm the ultimate decider, right? Mm -hmm. That's the main reason why I'm a DJ. Not because I want to be like that dictator, simply because I think there's way better music that no one hears. I like to, a great example, or nobody realizes this, right? But we all listened to the radio growing up, musically, before Spotify, 2015. We all listened to the radio, Yeah. okay? Do you choose what gets played on the radio? You don't, no. right? You just take whatever they give you, and then you start to realize that you like this. You don't like this, they told you to like this, right? You yeah. never had the option until Spotify came out, where Spotify starts to learn you learn your own personal algorithm so that's the closest we've been to people discovering like real underground music mm -hmm. in all the genres okay yeah instead of just pop music and yeah i am trying to do something about it. even if it is on a micro scale it's something and uh that's what i try and put into every track and on a global scale yeah i would love love to make a dent because i predict in the next 10 years house music is going to be way up here and uh all the other things that are popular right now gonna start to decline they won't be there in 10 years because it's going to be out of fashion there's a saying right fashion comes and goes but style is eternal and uh that goes pretty far in regards to music i think house music has always been there it's been around for 40 years it's been relevant the entire time other stuff has come and gone come and gone come and gone we've seen disco on top of the world gone rock and roll on top of the world gone Hip-hop is currently on top of the world. And what do you think is going to happen in 10 years? That's my prediction. House music has stayed relevant forever since it's the beginning of time. And almost nothing, so much, so much has threatened it and it has sustained each and every fight. It's only gotten stronger as we see in the pandemic. Wow. Right? So that's, you can tell how, how passionate I am on the, on the topic of music in, in general. Yeah, and, very uh, insightful yeah. as well. So there's this huge opportunity in the house music so that's why i want to bang out so many tracks i want to connect with so many people producers and singers and dancers and all that stuff and in the next five years hopefully there's enough effort and, and work put into it to exponentially grow in the next 10. Yeah. kind of like right now i'm still pushing the snowball up the hill but i really want to get to the top of the hill with the snowball and then just give it a little push and then it does the work by itself right yeah and I want to catch that, the, this this incline we're on with the EDM industry. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's my whole, yeah, you know, that's awesome. run around the world for you there a little bit. <laughs> a lot of pieces to the pub puzzle, yeah, for yeah. sure, I would say. Talking about the Toronto Shuffle community, and I, I think it's really great what you're doing. You've pretty much <laughs> become the resident Shuffle mm -hmm. DJ at our events here in, in Toronto. Can mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about that and why you've kind of spearheaded that? Yeah, so um, my first real birth in the shuffle industry was actually when I went to uh, a, a rebel class uh, <laughs> back, in, back in 2016, I believe it was. <clears throat> um, and this was like one of my beginner shuffle yeah, lessons? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Actually, I actually knew who rebel was, but this is what I mean about like, you know, the Toronto scene. I did not know she was from Toronto, 
right? I saw her in shuffle compilations where I was trying to teach myself in my bedroom, right, on how to, how to dance, right? <laughs> and I always saw her in every compilation. I'm sure most people did too, right? And then, you know, I, I realized I saw an ad or something on Instagram or something like that. And well, it would have been on Facebook, I think. Facebook, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I saw like, oh, Rebel's teaching a class. And I'm like, I know this girl, right? She's on, she's on like YouTube a lot. And uh, I, I found out you were from Toronto. So I went, I went to three of your classes and then I realized, oh, this is not just her class. This is the actual Toronto shuffle community. Yeah. Right? And um, long story short, what, uh, that was my first couple of experiences. And uh, what I realized, cause I was a DJ at the time, what I realized um, this, this space was missing, honestly, was a DJ. I wasn't good enough at the time and I wasn't uh, um, so like in tune with the music as I am now. But I promise you, I in that very moment, I literally manifested just the beginning thought, like the beginning root in my brain said, I'm gonna DJ here one day, I swear on my life. Right? I'm gonna DJ here one day, right? And then last year, I was trying to shoot a, a music video for Joy. Mm-hmm. And the very beginnings of that, I went to, uh, I, I called up TRU. Right, and I said, "Hey, I'm shooting a music video. I'm gonna be. I want to use you guys. Is that okay?" Like, yeah, come to the meetup. Blah 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 blah. He, and I said, "Hey, do you guys have a DJ?" They're like, "No, we sometimes do." But I'm like, "How would you like one every single meetup?" Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, we could definitely try it out. I'm like, "Okay, hey, let me come to the next one, and I promise you, I'll, I'll make the poster. I'll advertise it. I'll tell them lots of people. Blah 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 blah." And uh, since then, that was 14 months ago. Right. Since then. We, we've done so many shuffle meetups from, from different angles. And now we have people making their own meetups. Yeah. And then Especially people, since the pandemic where we right, couldn't go to a studio right, anymore. Right. And I like sure. just, I like being the, the guy who like pivots, like this crowd needs, needs music in Mississauga. Okay. I'm there. Right. Toronto. Okay. I'm there. Oh, you know, East End. Okay. I'm there. Right. I like going to it simply because everyone is on the same high level. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't want to explain this. High intensity, high energy. Yes, energies are so high, and everyone adds to it. Everybody who comes, mm-hmm. it's like it's like a great vibe. Yeah, it's like it's hard to tell at this meetup who's having a bad time in life. Yeah, yeah. I would say that everyone just kind of lets their issues go at the door, or yeah. you know, we wherever we are for outside, mm-hmm. and that's just their time to release and to enjoy, and mm-hmm. you know, whatever walk of life that you come from. When you enter a shuffle meetup, it's like you just get to let go and enjoy doing what you do best, and, and mm-hmm. letting that passion take over. And as the DJ, I that's exactly like what I get out of it too. Mm-hmm. And I just love being the guy to like watch it like i orchestrate it do you know what i mean like being a dj you're orchestrating this right and uh that's all it's just it's it's something that like every single time it's happening i I really like take in the moment and i call it it's a three hour moment to me yeah i I always call it that it's one of the most important things that's uh that uh i've taken care of uh in the last like five years right yeah doing this at all so this is my favorite thing and i do it for free I know. We appreciate it so much. And it's great to see that you're truly enjoying yourself when you're there. And you're not, you know, there for like a deeper purpose to, you know, push your music. I'm sure a lot of people get exposed to your music because of that. That's just a bonus. And, you know, a lot of the shufflers end up, you know, dancing to your tracks, Mm -hmm. myself included. You know, we all get exposed to your music and we love what you're about. It kind of pushes your movement forward too. So us having you around and you DJing, it has definitely made the meetups like that much more fun. It just makes 
makes it a great, enjoyable atmosphere and it's that raw energy that you're talking about that's, that's so enjoyable. That's exactly what I want. That's it. That's that's all you can really that's all I can ask for. So. For sure. And I think this kind of leads, lends itself to another question that I personally have sought after for since I became a shuffler basically. <laughs> what does the shuffling scene mean for you as a DJ? And do you think the two are interconnected? Because for me, I've always seen that connection, but I don't think that a lot of DJs see that. And and that's kind of why so I'm, I'm interested to see your perspective on that. So DJing and shuffling, how are they interconnected? Yeah. yeah? Uh, I mean, that's that's an easy one. If anyone has been to a meetup that doesn't have a DJ at it, uh, on, like at the meetup, and then you've been to a meetup with the DJ, it's very it's easy to day. see. Yeah, it's night and day. Yeah. Um, the difference is simply the unsung hero is flow, okay? That is the unsung hero between both uh, uh, scenarios. Basically because like the DJ, what he brings to the table, or at least what I bring to the table, is I try my best to keep the flow alive. The beat does not stop, mm -hmm. ever, ever. There's no like, okay guys, let's take a two minute break. Yeah, it's like, yeah. we got 20, 30 people. Some people are ready to go, some people are not. It doesn't matter, I'm playing, right? Yeah. I'm playing like there's 100,000 people in front of me, right? Yeah. I'm playing the biggest banger or, or, or bringing up the best drop or whatever, right? I'm mm -hmm. always trying to work with keeping the energy up here, yeah. right? And people have to come match it. I'm not gonna come down to like the low tempo, right? Yeah. I'm gonna keep it up here because that's what this is about for the next three hours, four yeah. hours, right? When you go home, you can wind down, yeah. right? When you're with me, it's always up here. Or, you know, we all end up going out for food and then we all- Right, work. everyone sweats, <laughs> everybody sweats, everyone's like, man. Everyone's oh, starving, including yourself, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I have like three subs, you know? <laughs> yeah, so that's when we all wind down. But I yeah. agree, it just keeps the energy up here the whole time and mm -hmm. everyone's just enjoying themselves yeah. and yeah. ready to go in the circle every couple of minutes. So mm -hmm. I agree, I think, I think that the two are necessary, but I think a lot of DJs don't see that at all and and either they don't appreciate shufflers some of them just don't care to you know They're, connect with shufflers if anyone thinks that at this very point i mean like the evidence is right there like like djs uh, djs are underestimating shufflers very much i don't think shufflers are underestimating djs because shufflers uh dance for djs like a new song basically music producers yeah uh, we find shuffle. We see shufflers like always looking for like the newest music and getting on it mm -hmm. right away because they know the Exposure. clouds. Gonna, yep, they know the clouds gonna come, and and we see a lot of success in that. But DJs, if go go sometimes go click on the DJ that the shuffler is dancing for, and the shuffler has more followers than the DJ. Yeah. Right. And the DJ is still famous. Like he has so many songs that you know, but he no one follows the guy because there is a big marketing miss. From, yeah. from DJ to shuffler, underestimated. So, uh, but some people like you, and I, I think there's a lot of other DJs there are, couple, that yeah. are connecting with shufflers because they see that there is this yeah. opportunity for but, the two to connect, right? right? Uh, you know what? You know what's funny? Uh, 2017. 2017, I was in Jamaica with my friends, and I just started. I told one of my friends, I said, I'm going to be making music, and I'm going to be grabbing shuffler after shuffler after shuffler after shuffler just to dance on it, like yeah. connecting with them, talking with them, and uh, just getting them to dance on my music, right? Mm -hmm. I said that, I just, I just said it. I, that was the beginning thought of a marketing plan. Mm -hmm. So I started this three years ago from a marketing, marketing perspective, right? And now we see DJs. There's even people, music producers come up to me saying, hey, could you get me a shuffler? <laughs> like, like, Which we have connected like, with. Yeah, yeah there has been. Like, like, I'm the pimp of the shuffle or something. It's like, 
<laughs> just go, just go. You have the connects. Yeah. You're the plug. <laughs> and a lot of people, like, like for you, for example, right? They're like, yeah. hey, can you like, can you connect me with like Rebel or Sabrina? I'm like, just, just DM her, right? Mm-hmm. She, she probably will get back to I you. I usually do. Yeah. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's her business. Sure. Like, that's what she'll do. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, they, they're, they're shy. They're, mm-hmm. they're kind of shy. They, they. They put, you know, you or other shufflers on, on a pedestal, right? And and it's true. I mean, you, and you should be. It's just, it's just amazing to see, yeah. right? Like, um, you're you're of like a high status, yeah, right? And it's just, I think it's something special to see. And, and then just to conclude it all together, there, um, yeah, DJ and shuffling, the connection is not like strong uh, as you would guess, and it's extremely uh, underestimated mm-hmm. for sure. So there's a lot more opportunity for DJs moving yeah. forward. Oh yeah, for sure. And they should definitely at least look into mm-hmm. it or mm-hmm. start to understand the connection a little bit more because yep. I think this is something I've been pushing myself, especially going to the BPM festival mm-hmm. and you know connecting with artists and DJs and. And they can't believe, they're like, what do you mean you teach this full time? Like, this yeah. is your job. Yeah. Like, they can't believe how big mm-hmm. shuffling is becoming. And some DJs are actually taking up shuffling, like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Oliver Heldens is one of them. There's, yeah. there's a few in the industry right. now that are actually pushing shuffling and, and are about shuffling as well. What do you wish to see for the future of DJs and shufflers? Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, you actually hit a big topic for me personally. Um, the DJ world, and not just the DJ world, entertainers. We are facing the biggest risk we've ever uh, faced, I think, in, in all of uh, the music world. In this pandemic, there's been a lot of, like, even a lot of politicians, especially from England, mm-hmm. and England and music always have an issue between politics. So we have politicians in England now saying, um, hey, if you are a singer or, an, or, or of the arts, they say, if you are of the arts, you might want to start thinking about a different career path. This is the response to the pandemic. This is their solution. Right now, the music industry, there's nobody saving it, right? They're talking about, you know, giving checks and money to workers and stuff like that, but no one's talking about saving. Or preserving. Preserving anything to do with music or art of culture. any sort. Nothing, nothing, okay? Which and is really scary. Very scary. Especially for festival goers, events. Right, like right, right now, we're so scared as to yeah. when that's ever gonna happen again. There is a, like, Music artists, everyone takes a risk in this world. Music artists in general, they, they take a really significant risk because there's no life insurance that they buy. There's no employee insurance, you know yeah. what I'm trying to say? There's nothing to really fall back on if things go go, go south. Go south. Yeah. And a lot of them, obviously, have made it. They put it all in, they put 100 eggs in, they took the risk of life, they jumped off that cliff, they made it, and everything that they've worked for and they risked, everything that they've won is now going down the gutter mm-hmm. every single day, week, month that we wait for this pandemic to be over. It's uh, it's getting worse and worse and worse and the, the return is gonna be that much harder for everybody. Yeah. Um, so that's a big, like for the future of DJing, honestly, it's great to see that we sustain from a social media level, but um, any other DJ will tell you, it's social media does not pay you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's hard to get paid from there. Yeah. Uh, you can put a little tip jar, like a, like a social media tip jar. That's basically it. Yeah, buy me a coffee. I've seen that. Yeah, right. And that's great and all, and it's working for some people, but it's it's a big loss. Still. Yeah. It's great to see sustainability in times like this. I do also, I do want to see us grow away from that, though. This has only been a safety net. Social media, IG Live, YouTube Live, that's a safety net. Let's try and when the time's right, try to step away from this and back into the 
uh, presence of people, like the actual one-on-one -on -one presence, mm -hmm. like club, stage, that kind of stuff uh, outside generally. Um, so I'm very scared for the, for the industry. No matter what happens, I will be here. No mm -hmm. matter what happens, I will always be making music. I'll always be trying to DJ. And even if I have to do it underground, last week or a couple of weeks ago, we almost yeah. got, I almost got fined for playing music outside, yeah. for making people dance, for orchestrating. I got fined almost a thousand dollars. So that's where we're at. And that's how scary things are for the music industry. So I really hope we steer away from that back to normality and when we come back I don't want I, I personally do not want no COVID rules I don't want to see little mini stages in front of a stage right you, mm -hmm. you see that as this this mm -hmm. uh, no 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 togetherness shoulder to shoulder people on people's shoulders standing on each other going crazy that's what we want to see that's what we all want to see and, so uh, where does yeah. shuffling fit into that picture then you know, how is that is that gonna help djs is that gonna well, right now I think keep the that, yeah. scene going mm -hmm. when there's no events and festivals because that's how i've seen it this past well, year especially as individuals a dj is still uh having a hard time way more than a shuffler because a shuffler before covid has always been social media Mm -hmm. Like that's been their ground. That's been their how they got fame and or or even got paid. DJs have now had to learn that, right? Shufflers were like, yeah, we had this for like five years. <laughs> you know they I mean? had the social media <laughs> yeah. game strong. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. Let me teach you a little something, something, right? That's what that's what the shufflers are doing now. So I think now more than ever, DJs and shufflers are are finding a way to live amongst each other. Yeah. More or less. If anyone is thinking that shuffling has plateaued, I think it's just in this plateau little stage. But I do think it's going to have another incline once again and I find I think what's missing an opportunity that nobody sees and I'm sure I'm talking to a lot of different countries right now and uh, specifically even in USA a lot of different states each state or each city not all of them have a shuffle community this is true right I'm talking to somebody from Buffalo actually just south of the border here right uh, Derek Derek Matthews D shuffles right if you're hearing me uh, amazing. Little shout out there. Right, right, right. Uh, actually, yeah, so I'm talking to him, and he actually messaged me because you know he, he thinks I'm sort of I'm some I'm like one of the shuffle like leaders, right? So he messaged me, hey, how do you get all your meetups together? I'm like, hey, well, you know, I mean, it's not only me, and I make sure yeah. I tell everybody like who it is and all that stuff. But I tell him like you know the little trick. It's like you gotta you gotta just start. Right? Mm -hmm. I told him it's like. He's like, you know, I have a couple of people. I'm like, well, that's all you need. Yeah. Right? That's all you need. The very first Toronto Shuffle official uh, community in Toronto had, I think, four to six people in its very first yeah. meetup. Yeah. That was six years ago. Yeah. Now we have numbers 30, 40, and 50 in different pockets. Yeah. Right? So you just got to start somewhere and you got to have the confidence and you got to have some sort of like, like outspoken leadership. What I would say is... Through personal experience, the first time I went to a, a, a meetup, I left with uh, uh, you know imbalanced thoughts. Like I don't know if I should come here again. I don't know if it's worth it. I wasn't as welcomed as I thought I was gonna be. And I think that's the trick. I think that's the trick to keeping somebody when they come here. Like make sure like you, you they don't go home like starving for for that welcome feeling. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of them are shy because they're not as good as everybody else, and they want to be. They just they don't see that gate, that door to do so. And no one is coming out of their, their circle to come help them and that kind of stuff. So That's you all... think like community, yes. but also a welcoming community, right. like where people feel like they right. can be approached by others. If we do, if we are going to see uh, the next step for shuffling in general, 
okay? We are going to see, we need to see um, each city, major city, come together in a shuffle community. Mm -hmm. To the point, think about it, to the point where we now have like shuffle... Regions almost, or like... Where like everyone goes to like a competition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, have the hip -hop I could see that. Right? I could see that. 100%. Because the, the end goal basically is to make this a global yep. dance phenomenon right. that's respected in the dance realm. And I think in order to do that, it needs to be, there needs to be a community everywhere and it needs to be also in dance studios. Yep. It needs to be, people need to know of it. Like mm -hmm. people need to know, oh yeah, there's a community here. Yep. If yep. I want to go and start learning, like loud. this is where I go. Yeah. Have, there needs to be marketing. Yeah. Right? Instagram, Instagram marketing guys, Facebook marketing, you know, even TikTok marketing at this point, right? It's yeah. so free content, easy, free, or even cheap content to advertise with. Most good shufflers or people who practice it every day, it is nothing that their plateau is like personal accomplishment. Yeah. It doesn't pass that. Yeah. Right? It's it true. needs to pass that. It needs to be a of a bigger purpose. It needs to shuffling needs to now serve a bigger purpose, just like like a hip-hop competition what is it mm -hmm. it's a bunch of people that are all perfectly choreographed together and then they go and they go fight other choreographed groups mm -hmm. battles right? battles right that's the next step and then the, and on and on and mm -hmm. on if we don't get together like that again you're not gonna do it if we keep staying in our house if we're all dancing in front of a yeah. camera in our bedroom that's the thing it's great exposure but that it, it stops there it, it reaches starts. a certain point that's it that's and it. i think the spanish culture or i should say even in europe it's a lot different than here mm -hmm. i mean you know shuffle showcase is one of them in spain they're constantly having that's competitions right. That's right. Yeah. hundreds of people come you're, out you're a judge, i was going to be a judge well, and the problem a, is they can't host this competition anymore right. because right. of covid mm -hmm. and they are unsure you know when this is going to happen they're strong you know in their mindset that it's going to happen mm -hmm. and uh they're i think one of the communities we can look to for inspiration because they're not so much crew oriented or you know separate in that sense they're very communal and they bring everyone together for these events right. and although it is competitive and you know they have that competitive element with the competitions mm -hmm. at the end of the day they're extremely welcoming in that regard and mm -hmm. you know just because you didn't win doesn't mean you're not welcome in this community right, and right. and they're just constantly building that sort of mentality and so I you're think saying you're, right. you're saying they, they have brought it to the next level oh yeah i think yeah. i think I think that there's a lot that we can take from their specific community and I think that a lot of people are, are full well aware of what they're doing and others have no clue right because you know when it comes down to being in the U.S. especially we kind of see that gravitational pull towards California and everything that right. they're doing right. but if you take a step back and you look towards the communities in Spain you'll see you know, they even travel to Latin America mm -hmm. into many of these countries like Peru, for example, yeah, yeah. Colombia, yeah. Argentina. They went to these places and they brought out so many mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy to see because they spoke Spanish, they were able to communicate and hold classes and they held competitions there mm -hmm. too. So I see that sense of community you're talking about already with them. And I think it's only a matter of time before people start actually you know becoming a part of that and that's why i was so excited to be a judge in that competition and i think um, one of my other counterparts vlad from uh, california was going to be there too and we were just so excited to bring that culture back home with us as well you know to be a part of it to bring that global element back home to our countries canada and the states and start to you know kind of 
have that sort of mentality in our countries as well. And I think with Shufflins too, we were really trying to bring that element as well. Right. And actually to, to add to that, so you were saying like how, how you were kind of surprised with Latin America, right? Mm-hmm. Even me. So like, I, actually, I checked yesterday. Um, as of yesterday, my music has hit 38 different countries, right? I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just that sentence alone is like a year ago, I was not talking like that, right? Like five months ago. Before COVID, I wasn't even thinking that would be possible. But 38 countries, it's it's a big milestone for me. But I, looking into like the diversity of it, the majority of those countries are Latin American. Yep. Right. It's like the Latin, culture is yeah. strong. Their EDM culture is yeah, strong there too. Yeah, Right. Because like yep. like Latin dancing and Latin music is very strong in their culture. Right. They're they they're not really you know what I mean. And yeah. You just would expect something different. But Latin America is very heavy on house music. Yep. And uh, yeah, so just to add to that uh, in general. We made it through. I know it's been a, a lot of questions, but what projects can we expect right. from you in the near future? What are you excited to be putting out for so, us? A couple of things. Actually, well, uh, Functious uh, just came out uh, a couple of days mm-hmm. ago. It's a uh, banger. Yeah, it's my first like funk oriented uh, track. I do want to make a lot more. That was one of the most funnest ones I worked with. You can, if you press play, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's just fun surprises and it's light and it's it's light and heavy at the same time yeah and there's a preach at uh, as i'm talking about earlier in this podcast preach house right so there's preaching and uh, it just has a lot of, of uh, varieties in one track so that just can all take a listen to that in the future we have something i have high high hopes for um it's already gotten uh, picked up from uh, handpicked uh, a youtube um a YouTube channel called Handpicked. Check them out. Uh, they have a lot of subscribers, actually. And uh, yeah, so they, they reached out to me and they said, you know, do you, do you want do you want us to put this track on? Because and I said, yeah, 100%, absolutely, right. So that's going to be a, a new milestone of mine once the track gets released. It's uh, this new one's going to be called uh, Bass Digging. And uh, you've heard it. I've heard it. Right? It's awesome. Yeah. I'm really, really digging it. Like yeah. it's a good track. Yeah. So, I actually have it on repeat a lot, <laughs> and I'm not being biased. Like I'm honest with him. He knows I'm very honest with him and his music. And this track's gonna definitely rock. It's not even. It's gonna rock it. the. It's, it's not even on pre-sale yet. Community. Right. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be actually I'm gonna be releasing it uh, probably November 23rd or 24th. So I'm gonna be making that announcement in a, in a couple of days. It's right in between techno and tech house. If if anyone mm-hmm. is interested. So base digging, look out for that. And then other than that, I do have something. Other than Joy, this is like the most special project I've ever worked on. So five years ago, I heard a speech from a special somebody, not gonna say who because it's gonna give it away. I told the person I was listening to it with, I said, when I learn how to make music, I'm going, I promise you, I'm going to make a song out of this. And this speech I've listened to over and over and over and over again, it has stayed by my side throughout time uh, since I've heard it. And I finally have finally, finally put it together. And it was like, uh, producers will know, right? There's a moment in the studio, especially when you're alone, right? It's, it's a bittersweet because you want to celebrate with everybody, but this moment can only happen if you are by yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? So it was one of those like, a producer in a sense is always digging for gold. Yeah. Right? You never know when you're going to hit. You just got to keep digging and digging and digging. And you could be on one track or 10. I was working on this one track, I knew what I wanted to do and I finally, like, to me, I finally nailed it from an instrumental point of view and the vocal point of view and I put it together. It's going to be called Jump. I'm working on the final pieces of it. I'm also trying to put together a very good marketing uh, perspective on it and uh, this way I can nail every angle of it, the track, the marketing and I really think this is going to be a staple 
of, mm-hmm. of Taurus. And, and a stepping stone too as well yeah, for in, you. In the, in the near future. This is something, this is a track that everybody can truly put into their pocket. This is something that you you, you press save on. Mm-hmm. Keeping it in your arsenal. Yeah, yeah you put this yeah. in your in your very important playlists and stuff like that. This is something that will not get old. This is something that you want to listen to when you wake up or when you go to bed. You're having tr- tough times or you're having amazing times. It, it works no matter what. And um, it's something to listen to with multiple people, share with, you know, like that. And uh, I really just want to make sure I, I position it properly to, to get that message out there to the max. I'm going to have a lot of uh, marketing behind this. And I really want to give it the legs that it deserves when it's finally For time. Sure. I do want a release date. It's going to hopefully, hopefully, hopefully be just before the new year. I think it's a great way to conclude 2020. There, I, After this track, there won't be a better way. If it's either that or the very beginning of 2021. Again, the, the, the content of the music is going to match either or. Um, yeah, and I really want this to be a staple. I For sure. A staple. So, Sounds exciting. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. that's, uh, that's a couple of projects that uh, I'm working on, and I actually have a lot more. It's just, there's always going to be something in the making. Uh, during COVID, I have like, well, three. I, I, mean, I used to work on one track every three months, and it's like, it was such a slow process. COVID, I picked up the pace and now I'm working with three tracks like every couple of weeks. That's awesome. You know, and I'm just trying to maintain And would you say, you know, that's advice for, you know, future up-and-comer DJs as well to always yeah. have that next track ready to Don't get stubborn. keep hitting them? Don't get stubborn. I was stubborn up in, I'm telling you, up until 2020, I was stubborn. I uh, No, one track, one track at a time, you know, give all your eggs. It's like a test, you know, it's like an exam. If you're stuck on a question, move on to the next one or else you're just wasting time. And you're going to get stuck with almost every single track. You're going to get stuck. You're going to have a writer's block. You're going to have, you're just going to have this stuck feeling and you're not going to go to the studio as much as you want to, right? So I would highly suggest uh, for any beginners or anyone doing it, diversify yourself. Make sure you have multiple projects going on at the same time. Literally two months ago, I was not saying this. Now I'm saying this. So Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank for all your insight. Yeah, for sure. Um, And for being raw and honest with us in this entire interview. I just want to thank you for taking the time. I know that you're very passionate about what you do, and I think everyone else will get a greater idea of who you are through this interview. I do want to share one personal, very narrow uh, vision of mine. And the more I say it, the more it's going to come true. Manifestation. Right. There it is. Right. I think I've even told you, and I I, I forgot who I've told at this point, but anyway, um, let me, let me paint the picture here. So basically a very narrow minded dream of mine is very simple. I want to be walking down a street, any street, any city, any country, I don't care. Just walking down a street. And I want cars to be like zooming past me. Somebody could be beside me. I don't know, right? But cars are just going to be zooming past me. And one car, his window is going to be down. His or her window is going to be down. And one of my tracks is going to be banging. Blasting. Blasting. Yeah. And I'm, I'm literally like, I'm living up to this literally like half of a second. Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, zoom, zoom, zoom. Right? And then one song is going to, one, one car is going to pass by me. And my song is going to be playing. I'm going to be somewhere else in the world. And it's just gonna be like that half a second is gonna give me so like it's gonna be worth it. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be the, the the year decades at this point of, of dreaming it and uh, wanting that. To me, it's like okay, I made it. You know, it's gonna have this like not made it like I'm done. Like made it like 
I'm at the next level. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my song's playing in a different country and I caught it. You know? Or, yeah. or you go into a taxi and then the taxi's playing your track. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, that's it's me. Just... And then the taxi driver's like, that's not you. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know? So I just want to manifest that to, to the world because the more the more the more people hear exactly what I want, I'm telling you. The more you, it's man, gonna come true. Gonna come true. So uh, I just wanted to say that. Uh, yeah, so if you want to follow me, uh, Taurus.music, uh, check me out. I have uh, a lot of different things that I touch upon on that page. Most of it is shuffling, most of it is my, my newest tracks, and some of it's going to be like house music content. And I'm also probably going to be starting my own personal podcast just strictly on the house music world. So awesome. I'm going to be launching that very soon, hopefully before the new year. Other than that, touristapparel.ca. You can type it in on uh, as a website or you can type it in on Instagram. Uh, previously launched and there's going to be new products. If anybody sees something that they want to almost buy but it's not exactly what they want, message me personally. I will personally uh, manufacture it for you. So thank you again for joining Shufflins. Um, my Obviously, my partner Candace can't be here. Mm. She's more of a behind the scenes kind of girl, but our questions were definitely formulated, you know, to really get a better sense of who you are. And thank you for taking the time to be one of the first special guests yeah. on our on our blog. And no, this was really good. We hope to see you more often, maybe oh, contributing yeah. your own articles. And yeah, yeah, thanks again for being such a great inspirational presence in the shuffle community as Absolutely. well, because you're definitely paving the way for other DJs to really become involved in, mm -hmm. in the shuffling community. And we thank you for that. Mm -hmm. So, and um, I'm here to stay. So. That's awesome. Thanks right, again. See you later.